turn to the book of Judges, chapter 16. Judges 16. And we're going to begin reading there at verse 4, getting back into the story of one of the judges here of the Old Testament, Samson. And, of course, tonight, a very familiar story. Uh, we have a lot of characters in this passage. Of course, the main characters, Samson and Delilah. And then there's the five lords of the Philistines. We'll read about them. There's also the men who were hiding there in Delilah's home, waiting to capture Samson. And we'll see there's some quite a few characters that, um, that uh, come into this uh, sordid tale here that we're going to read. Uh, chapter 16, verse 4, And it came to pass afterward that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and said unto her, Entice him, and see wherein his great strength lieth, and by what means we may prevail against him, that we may bind him to afflict him, and we will give thee every one of us 1,100 pieces of silver. And Delilah said unto Samson, Tell me, I pray thee, wherein thy great strength lieth, and wherein or wherewith thou mightest be bound to afflict thee. And Samson said unto her, If they bind me with seven green withs that were never dried, then shall I be weak and be as another man. Then the lords of the Philistines brought up to her seven green withs, which had not been dried, and she bound him with them. Now there were men lying in wait, abiding with her in the chamber. And she said unto them, The Philistines, or said unto him, unto Samson, The Philistines be unto, uh, upon thee, Samson. And he broke the withs as a thread of tow is broken when it toucheth the fire. So his strength was not known. And Delilah said unto Samson, Behold, thou hast mocked me and told me lies. Now tell me, I pray thee, wherewith thou mightest be bound. And he said unto her, If they bind me fast with new ropes that never were occupied, then shall I be weak and be as another man. Delilah therefore took new ropes and bound him therewith and said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And there were uh, liars in wait abiding in, in the chamber, and he brake them from off his arms like a thread. And Delilah said unto Samson, Hereto thou hast mocked me and told me lies. Tell me wherewith thou mightest be bound. And he said unto her, If thou weavest the seven locks of my head with the web, and she fastened it uh, with the uh, pen, and said unto him, The Philistines be upon thee, and Samson. And uh, he awaked out of his sleep, and went away with the pen of the beam and with the web. And he said unto her, or she said unto him, How canst thou say I love thee when thine heart is not with me? Thou hast mocked me these three times and hast not told me wherein thy great strength lieth. It came to pass when she pressed him daily with her words and urged him so that his soul was vexed unto death that he told her all his heart and said unto her, There hath not come a razor upon mine head, for I have never uh, been, or for I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go from me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. And when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she uh, sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up this once, for he hath showed me all his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came upon, up unto her and brought money in their hand. And she made him sleep upon her knees, and she called for a man, and she caused him to... Um, shave off the seven locks of his head. 
And she began to afflict him, and his strength went from him. And she said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out of, as at other times before and uh, shake myself. And he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. That's a sad statement right there. But the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with fetters of brass, and he did grind in the prison, in the prison house. Our Heavenly Father, what a sad passage of Scripture this is, uh, but Lord, it's there for our understanding and learning, and I pray that we would definitely take the warnings that are uh, presented to us through the life of Samson. So teach us, Lord, and help us to obey, for it is in Jesus' name we pray, amen. And so we talked about the characters in this story, and then the story does have a lot to teach us about genuine love and, and, uh, and real, really not about genuine love, but about uh, uh, a deceptive love. And also, uh, there isn't really a, a romance here, but it teaches us about the dangers of getting too close to the enemy. And this story is a story of deception, greed, and lust, and, and destruction, and it stands as a contrast warning to those who would play with sin. The danger of playing with sin. What's the old saying? If you play with fire, you're going to what? You're going to get burned. If you play with sin, you're going to get burned. A different way, but you definitely will get burned. Their story here reminds us all that sin, it is very deceptive. Sin is very deadly. And there may be, uh, as we're told in the scriptures, there may be pleasure, and there is pleasure in sin for a season, but the end of sin is never worth the pleasure it provides. So we're going to take a look here at uh, Samson's life. Number one, I want you to see this unbridled lust. In verses 4 and 5, Samson, it says there, loved a woman. And over the course of his life, um, this is the third woman, at least the third one that we have record of in scriptures that Samson was, was with. First, there was the woman at, at Timnath, there in Judges 14, and then there was the harlot in Gaza in Judges 16, now Delilah. Now, there may have been many others, but these are the ones that the Bible mentions, and it appears all three of them were Philistines. So Samson had an attraction to women that should have been off limits to him uh, as a man of God. It also appears that he had a problem with lust, uh, which as a man of God, he should have uh, fought against this. And his life was characterized by all these uh, illicit uh, sexual relationships that he had. And there can be no doubt that this man was uh, in sin and sin had ensnared him and in his life, and it, it hindered his ministry. He was a judge of Israel, and this definitely hindered his ministry. By the way, the same is true for people today. The Lord gave us our, our uh, sexual desires. They're a good thing as long as they are within the confines or the, the uh, exercise in the proper context, and that is only in the framework of marriage. And outside that, it's, it's sin. Um, so when you step out of the boundaries of marriage, and when a person engages in a, a sexual uh, 
expression of any kind, it crosses the line into sin. So God wants his people to be sexually pure. Listen to these verses. Won't take time tonight to turn to each one of these, but 1 Corinthians 6.18. You can mark them down, look them up later. 1 Corinthians 6.18. What does the Bible say there? Flee fornication. Fornication is any kind of sexual sin outside of marriage. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. Matthew 5, chapter 27, or verse 27 and 28, Matthew 5, 27 and 28, ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, thou shalt not commit adultery. But Jesus said, I say unto you, thou are that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. And then Hebrews 13, 4, marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers, or which means shacker-uppers, basically that's what that's talking about, those who just live with uh, the opposite sex or just live outside of having that kind of relationship. And adulterers, what does it say? God will judge. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 3 through 8. I'm not going to read that whole scripture, just a portion of it. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication. So in this text, we are told that Samson loved Delilah. Now, this was not said about uh, the woman that he took as his wife. Remember that story? And nor was it said about the harlot from Gaza that uh, he, he didn't, they didn't say that he loved them. But in this case, Delilah seems to have captured Samson's heart and touched his heart in such a way, and it appears that he truly loved her. And as the, uh, it suggests there in verse 17, it also uh, suggests to us that he trusted her um, with, in fact, with his most valuable secret, finally did. And the fact that Samson loved Delilah does not excuse him in his sin. Samson sinned because he was guilty of fornication. I hear this all the time, but pastor, I love him or I love her. So therefore, it doesn't really matter. Yes, it does matter. Uh, God expects us to be pure, expects us to be free from fornication. And so sadly, there's a lack of morality, isn't there, in our world, and it, it isn't getting any better at all. And even among those who call themselves Christians, um, the rate of fornication and adultery in the church, they tell us, is about the same level as it is in the world. Folks, that should not be the case at all. Those who know the Lord should be uh, uh, careful, should keep themselves uh, clean and unpolluted uh, from this immoral, godless world. Young people, I, I would say any young person here tonight, any young person anywhere for that matter, you can wait until you are married uh, to have that kind of relationship. And I would say to single adults, you can keep your bodies as the temple of the Holy Spirit. I would say to married couples, so I'm covering all the ground here tonight, you can be faithful to your spouse both mentally and physically. May God help us to strive to, for those goals, not the standards of the world. You, you see, that's where we, we uh, fall prey or we get into the snare. 
when we begin to look at the world and say, well, I'm not doing it as bad as others, what they're doing. And so we, we begin to justify what God calls sin. And, and this, again, is some things that we can learn from the life of Samson. Um, so, make, again, if, if you have failed in this area, the good news is there is forgiveness, there is restoration, and if you haven't failed in this area, the good news is that God will give us the strength and help us to stay pure for the glory of God. Then, so not only did Samson love a woman, but Delilah loved something as well, but it wasn't Samson. Delilah loved wealth. While Samson loved this woman, and, he, and there's no question he did, she apparently didn't really love him. The lords of the Philistines were told there in verse 5, they come to Delilah, they offer her 1,100 pieces of silver each. Now that's a lot of money. Uh, and all you have to do, Delilah, is find out what his secret is, Samson's secret for his power. So they want her to, as the word is, entice him, means to uh, be simple or to be uh, gullible. It has, and this has the meaning here, she's going to be acting like an innocent person in order to deceive someone. And that's exactly what Delilah did to Samson. She acted ignorant and, and gullible and uh, innocent, and she was not. And these men, they want her to play dumb and do everything or anything that she can to extract from Samson the secret of his power. Now, these Philistines were a superstitious people. They thought, well, maybe it's some good luck charm that he's wearing around his neck. Maybe it's uh, some other uh, medal or medallion or amulet or, or whatever that gives him the power. And they thought, if we can just get that from him, then uh, we'll be able to defeat him. And so they want to exploit Samson's weakness, which they knew was women. That was Samson's weakness. And they wanted to use that uh, to their advantage. They, they uh, wanted to use that to find the secret out from Samson. Now, Delilah is willing to go along with the plan because, man, the dollar bills or the silver, uh, I guess, uh, uh, coins were definitely attractive to her. 1,100 pieces of silver each. That would make her a very wealthy woman. In fact, someone took the time to figure this out. Today's money, they say it would be in the neighborhood of $750,000. And so you'd really have to love somebody not to sell them out for that kind of money. And there's very obvious she didn't, she was willing to negotiate here. Uh, she uh, had no problem selling them out for that kind of money. But she didn't care about Samson. All she wanted to, was the money. She wanted to get rich. And he, uh, you could say Samson was Delilah's lottery ticket. Samson was uh, Delilah's golden goose. And she had to do whatever she had to do, and she played her part well and, uh, to walk away as a rich woman. Um, so she represents exactly how Satan works in our lives today, how, he, how, how sin works in our lives. The Lord doesn't want us falling into the traps that the devil has laid for us. And um, by, you could say, these modern Delilahs or even by the devil himself. Uh, what does he, he tells us? He enables us. He gives us a way out. We don't have to blindly walk into the traps and the snares that the devil has laid before us. We can be well aware 
of the strategy and the workings of the devil. Listen to 1 Corinthians 10, 13, and 14, very familiar verses. Therefore, or excuse me, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted, or not allow you to be tempted above that you're able, but will, with the temptation, also make a way to escape, that you may be able to uh, bear it. Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. And so, so here we, we find this unbridled lust in Samson. He didn't uh, try to control it. it. It continued to get worse where it controlled him and uh, caused him to do things that uh, he knew was not right. Then secondly, I want you to see undeniable deception. I mean, honestly, do you think that Samson was that ignorant that he didn't see what Delilah was doing? I guess they say love is blind, and definitely he was blind here to this, but he was just, uh, it was undeniable that she was trying to set him up. And it was also undeniable what, what Samson wanted, but neither Samson nor Delilah was honest in their relationship with one another. The only way that I believe a relationship today can survive is if it's built upon truth and honesty. Now, now, notice their deception. First of all, Samson deceives himself. And that's usually what happens when we uh, fall into those traps that the devil's laid before us. When Delilah begins to ask Samson about what the source of his strength is, he plays with thinking, He's thinking, well, I'm far smarter than she is. So she's never going to get one over on me and, uh, because I'm a lot smarter. After all, I'm the, I'm the strongest man in the world. There's nobody stronger than I am. I'm a judge of Israel. And by the way, Delilah means feeble or the pining one. And so he thinks it'll be fun just toying with her, just uh, having some fun with her, to have her try to trap him. And so he is confident in the notion that I'm stronger than anything that's going to come at me or anyone, and he believes there's no way that this little lady can harm me. And notice how he tries to uh, also not only deceive himself, but he tries to deceive her. Verses 7 and through 10, he says, okay, bind me with these seven green wicks. Now, these are actually animal intestines. And isn't that exciting? But uh, they are dried, and when they are dried, they were incredibly strong. In fact, they are, these strips of animal intestines, when they were dried, were used to make bowstrings. And so when they were green or when they were, uh, you know, fresh, they were very weak. But he said, if you'll use those, then, uh, uh, you know, I'll, I will lose my strength. Of course, he deceives her. And uh, uh, when he, they, she puts these wisps upon him, uh, they were like thread that's touched with fire. And he was able to just uh, break them with greatest of ease. And then he says in verses, uh, uh, verse 10, Delilah confronts him that you lied to me and uh, wants him to tell, him the, tell her the truth. In verses 11 through 13, okay, he said, bind me with these new ropes. And so sh these are green ropes. These are very strong ropes. Any ordinary man would never be able to break these ropes. Uh, but again, Samson shows his disregard for his enemies. They... The Philistines should have known this. They'd already seen what Samson, Samson could do with ropes. You remember back in chapter 15, 
his own people had bound him in ropes and brought him to the Philistines. And at one point, he breaks them as if they're nothing at all, and he takes the jawbone of a donkey, kills a thousand Philistines. So he's toying with Delilah and with the Philistines. And Delilah binds him with these ropes. He breaks them. And of course, um, uh, again, Delilah in verse 13, the latter part of verse 13, confronts him, and she's now demanding that Samson tell her the truth. And, and so he says there, weaveth the seven locks of my head uh, with the web. And so Delilah, he tells her to take this loom to weave his hair into this. And if she does this, he, and Samson tells her, I'll lose my strength. And notice, now he's getting ever so close to the, the truth here. He's now telling her to mess with his hair already. That is the source, and uh, it's a dangerous game. And when you play with sin, you're going to get burnt. And Delilah does as she says, and Samson simply gets up and walks away as if nothing was uh, binding him at all. And now what we should note from this passage is the fact that Samson, again, was guilty of playing with sin. Just getting ever so close and, and toying around with it. And, and this is the problem that all of us will experience with sin. Uh, people that play with it, think they can, I, I, I'm stronger, I can handle it. And they go as far as they can without actually crossing that line into that forbidden area. They think, I'm okay. At least that is what they think they're doing. They think, you know, I can get as close to the edge as I, I can without going over. Um, but Jesus made it very clear that sin in the heart is sin already. Uh, even if it's never carried out. Remember he said if you have lust for a woman in your heart, in your mind, no act has been committed, it is sin. And so it very well clarifies it, or Jesus does in the New Testament. Most people think, well, I can control it. You talk to an alcoholic, oh, I can control it. I, I'm not, it, it's no problem. Uh, talk to a person who's addicted to whatever, cigarettes or drugs, I can control it. And, or whatever sin that a person may ad be addicted to. Uh, in truth, uh, but, but for the grace of God, sin controls us. And, and it will be our, our master if we allow a foothold into our lives. Uh, Romans chapter 6, uh, these are some great verses. It said, Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof, neither yield ye your members as instruments of righteous, uh, righteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. So notice what the Bible says about this matter in James Chapter 1, we were just there this morning, verses 14 and 15. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and, and enticed. And there's that same word, enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. So the words drawn away means to lure like game is lured away from its hiding place. The word enticed means to lure by bait. And so each one 
each individual has a natural craving for sin. We are all born into sin. And there is a fleshly appetite within all of us uh, that will control us if we allow it to. And so Satan focuses on those sinful desires that, that lies in the hearts of every human being. And he will entice us. He will dangle that bait before us. And then when we bite, we're trapped. We're ensnared. He springs the trap. We find ourselves in his, his web. And so the, the, the Bible says within our hearts dwells the root of our sinfulness. Listen to Mark chapter 7, verse 21. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things came from within and defile the man. Paul Harvey told a story one time about how Eskimos kill wolves. And he said the Eskimo, they would take their large hunting knife and they would dip it in animal blood and they would freeze it. And then they would uh, do it again over and over again until there was a, uh, the blade was completely hidden by frozen blood. And then they would take that knife and they would plant it in the ground and then in the middle of the the night that wolf would come, they would, of course, they could smell that blood, and they would begin licking the blood off of that uh, knife. And they continued to lick and lick until eventually the, the blade of that knife was exposed. And so no longer were they just licking and, and desiring the blood that was on that knife. Now, as it sliced into their tongue, they were even uh, uh, craving their own blood. And so the morning would come and find the wolf dead in the snow. And uh, because of their own lusts and desires that killed them. And it's a fearful thing that people can be consumed by their own lusts. Uh, only God's grace keeps us from the same fate that the wolf experienced there uh, with the Eskimos. But instead of playing with sin, what should we do? We should be like Joseph and separate ourselves as far as we can from that temptation, from that sin, as Genesis 39 explains the story of Joseph and, and uh, this woman that tried to entice him. But too often we play around with sin. We're thinking, yeah, I can control it. And in reality, it, it, it will control us if we continue to play with it. And, uh, and it, if we give in to its deception. Uh, think about Eve in the Garden of Eden. Here's a perfect woman without sin. She didn't have that sin nature as you and I have. And yet here she is being enticed by the devil as he dangles that lure in front of her. And um, as she listens to that serpent and she falls into his trap. Adam follows Eve and then the whole world is uh, fallen into sin or born into sin. So when we play with sin, we're always headed for a fall. Delilah now, not only does Samson deceive himself and deceives Delilah, but Delilah deceived Samson. So while Samson was toying with Delilah, Delilah was playing him like, like a, a cheap fiddle. Uh, he, he was, she was setting Samson up for a fall. And Samson lied to her because, you know, remember, he thought, 
I'm smarter than this woman. She'll never get one over on me. I've got this under control. And, um, but it wasn't the case at all. She was actually smarter than Samson. And she lied to him because she was far smarter than, than uh, Samson. So Delilah played her part well. She lures Samson into her trap. It, it looks just like the picture of the spider that lures that fly into the web. And um, so Delilah uses the same tactic that, that uh, uh, the other woman there in Timna, uh, Timnath did. Uh, remember in chapter 4, she played this the story or the line that's used over and over again to try to entice someone into sin. Remember she said there in Timnath, if you loved me, you would, and we don't need to finish the rest of the uh, story there in, in chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. But that was the card she played, and that's the card that Delilah is playing now. The Bible implies that she begged, she pleaded, she whined, she cried day after day and all day long. And after uh, some time passed, Samson, he's just worn down. And um, she said, Samson, if you loved me, you would. You would tell me. Again, this is a picture of how sin works in every one of us. If we allow ourselves to be placed under the constant pressure of temptation, we're going to be worn down. And that's why it's not wise to be in certain places, a certain situation, because you're placing, or we would be placing ourselves in the place, uh, or in the, uh, the way of temptation, and we'll get wore down. Like Delilah, sin is relentless. It's, it's uh, aggressive. It's, it's persistent, and it keeps on uh, after us. It will hammer away at our resistance until we finally give in. That's why we need to get away from it. Um, and uh, by the way, uh, when we do like Samson, we're always going to lose. The best advice is what uh, Joseph gave us an illustration of, to put as much distance between temptation and sin uh, as we possibly can uh, from our life. Just ask that girl who lost her purity to the boy who said, if you love me, you will. Or ask the man who traded his family for that beautiful woman because she said, if you love me, you will. Playing with sin, as I've repeatedly said, is like playing with fire. Eventually, you'll get burned. Proverbs 6, 27 and 28. Can a man take fire into his bosom? and his clothes not be burned? Can one go upon hot coals and his feet not be burned? And the answer obviously is no, I cannot. You play with sin, and you will always pay a price. You may not face the same price that Samson uh, paid, but, but you will pay a price for indulging sin in your life. Galatians chapter 6 tells us we will reap what we sow. You will sacrifice your intimacy with God because you have um, chosen sin. You're playing around with sin. You will sacrifice his power. You will also endanger the relationships in your life that really mean the most to you because of sin. And sin always costs. And that cost is never, never cheap. 
Folks, listen, Satan will not stop until he has ruined our lives. He will not stop. And uh, so he will not back down until sin has, has uh, uh, taken everything of value from you. He will not stop until you are broken, your life wasted, and you are of no use to God. Like Delilah, the lies of Satan and sin are, uh, are evil and they are destructive. Um, not long after the, a, a wealthy contractor had finished building the, this prison, it was the uh, Tombs Prison in New York, he was found guilty of forgery, and he was sentenced to several years in the prison that he had built. And so as he was escorted into a cell of his own making, the contractor said, I never dreamed when I built this prison that I would be an inmate one day. And that's the trouble with sin. We never stop to think about the consequences of our actions. We are setting ourselves up. We are building our own trap, you could say, our own prison. And one day we will have to answer for the things that we do. What is it, Numbers 32, 23? Be sure your sin will find you out. It caught up with Samson. And what a high price he paid. We'll see that, Lord willing, next time. But tonight, let me ask you, are you playing with sin? Are you thinking, I've got this under control, I can handle it? Why don't you uh, wake up to the reality that sin is going to control you if you're playing around with it. Father.